pleasant good morning. Uh, it is by the grace of God I'm here, and I'm thankful to God to see each one of you. I always enjoy coming here to see some older faces, faces that make me feel comfortable. But it's a privilege to be here, and I'm thankful to God. And, of course, I'll be visiting a, a few churches while I'm up here in the States, by the Lord's grace. And um, every preacher, of course, will want to know what to preach here, what to preach there, and you, you start thinking along that line. I don't know, the Lord led me into a message. I said, my first message, I'm going to be preaching in the stage for quite some time. And the Lord led me into this, and I trust by the Lord's grace that it will be something to think about, and it should motivate us in some way or the other to worship God more for who He is. In his sovereignty, I mean, he does as he pleases. And um, I am going to talk a little bit this morning about the doctrine of reprobation. It's not a good subject. I mean, a lot of people don't like the subject. But it's there in the Bible, and sometimes we've got to talk about it. You know, it's not everything that's nice we talk about. We talk about everything that's there. And so I'd like for you to turn the Bible to Romans chapter 9, please. This, of course, is the chapter that many people wish was out of the Bible. But in Romans chapter 9, I will be reading from verse 10. It says, and not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by her father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, Neither, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that call it. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness in God? God forbid. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him that will it, nor of him that run it, but it is of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore, Hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor, and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom he had called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Within this portion of scripture here, we see reprobation. Many of us love to talk about divine election, unconditional election, and we should. It is something wonderful for us. 
But in all my, I've been preaching like 43 years now. And I have never heard anyone preach on the doctrine of reprobation. In 43 years of ministry, once, if I have to speak about myself, I heard me preach it in a conference. And that was in the 1980s in the Virgin Islands. But it is a subject that people don't like to touch. But throughout church history, and even presently, many people have debated and continue to debate the interpretation of teachings in the Bible. They debate about the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he fully God? Is he fully man? We have also had famous de debates about the nature of God. Is God three persons or is he one? Is Jesus God? Is the Holy Spirit God? Are they all equal? And we have heard debates on, along this line. Right? Today also, there's a continual debate on the subject of salvation. We have the Calvinists on one side. We have the Armenians on the other side. And um, that debate continues. While driving down, I saw that huge church, another church building they put up there, uh, a Pentecostal church. And I thought to myself, how many people are going to be there this morning? And they're going to be fed from the trough of the hogs. That's what they're going to be fed with. Hog food. And I thought to myself, see how sad it is that we have the truth and so few of us know it and so few of us care to go out with it. But there's a continual debate that's going on. The debate over God's planning of salvation is not new. Now, there are several aspects of God's planning of salvation, and they are difficult for the human mind to accept. Like, for instance, unconditional election. There are people who hate that. And the doctrine of hell. We wish there was no doctrine like that. But also within God's planning of salvation, there is his planning of unconditional preterition or his passing over those not elected, not because of who they are or what they have done, but according to his sovereign counsel and his good pleasure. Now, this aspect of God's passing over is perhaps the most difficult of all to accept. It is called reprobation. Some people refer to it as that horrible decree. I want for this morning to let the scriptures speak for themselves. As we look a little closely, at the doctrine of reprobation. What do, I mean, um, what do I mean when I say the doctrine of reprobation? Now, lots of times there would be some big theological definition and stuff like that, but I try to break it down so that my people can understand what I'm saying, you know. Um, so you would find that my, my definition may be a little different from what you may have read in a book here or there or anything, right? But in my, in my simple way, I find reprobation is a sovereign decree of God, whereby those who were not elected unto salvation, being passed over by God and left to their own sinful nature, will one day be condemned to an eternal hell because of the sin they have committed. God never sends a person to hell for not sinning. Some are chosen unto salvation. And if there is a chosen unto salvation, there is a flip side to that. And some people may call it double um, predestination. But these things are taught in the word of God. 
I read one writer by the name of Wayne Grudem. I got it off the internet. In his book, Systematic Theology, he said, Reprobation is a sovereign decision of God before creation to pass over some persons in sorrow, deciding not to save them and to punish them for their sins and thereby to manifest his justice, which is about almost the same thing that I said. Now concerning the time of this decree, when John Gill, and he quoted John Gill this morning, I was reading along there because I have John Gill on my computer too. But um, John Gill said in Jude 4, um, Jude 1 and verse 4, and I quote here, For reprobation is of the same date with election. If the one is from eternity, the other must be so too, since there cannot be one without the other. If some were chosen before the foundation of the world, others must be left or passed by as early. And if some were appointed unto salvation from the beginning, others must be foreordained to condemnation from the beginning also. Unquote. And of course, John Gill was a brain. I mean, the Lord blessed him tremendously. And I, 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 I study from him a lot. But the Bible teaches the doctrine of reprobation. And I want first to look at a few verses of scripture. And you may come to your own conclusion. But let the scriptures speak for themselves. None of us have to be some huge theologian here to understand the word of God. God's spirit leads us into it. And we, we will understand, I'm sure. And if, the first thought I'd like to share with you about the Bible teaching about reprobation is that the ultimate cause of reprobation is Almighty God. He is the ultimate cause of reprobation. God prepares or appoints sinners for judgment or wrath. As I said, there are preachers within our circles. They do not like to hear this. I can talk to call some of them names and some they are much more educated than I am. They're much more educated than I am. I have never been to a Bible school. I All my studies came from my Bible and a little writer here and there, you know. But God prepares and he, or he appoints sinners for judgment. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 16 and verse 4. Proverbs, chapter 16 and verse 4. It says, The Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. God made them. He made them for himself. Those who are wicked, they were made for the day of evil. We can go again, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9. For God had not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's talking about believers. He has not appointed, unto, uh, appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. The implication here is this, that God, if he has actually appointed us unto salvation, the implication is that he has destined others for wrath also. 
We were not appointed unto wrath, but there are others who were. Romans 9.17 in our text we read, For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, Even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Beloved brethren, I read Jude chapter 1 and verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of all ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now these scriptures speak plainly. Had it been just one verse or one part of a verse, it is thus said the Lord. And we have to accept it. The Bible tells us that people do not believe because they are of the non-elect. God is the author of election. So he is the author also of passive non-election. In John 10, 25, Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. John 10, 26, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you. And he continues. He says my sheep hear my voice. So therefore. There are those who will not believe. Because they are not of the elect. In Acts 13 and 40. Acts chapter 13. Verse 40. Before, Beware therefore. Lest that come upon you. Which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold. Ye despisers and wonder. And perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Nobody wouldn't believe it. Those people who were appointed unto wrath, they would not believe it. And those who were ordained unto eternal life, only they will believe. Acts chapter 15 verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained, not one more, not one less, as many as were ordained unto eternal life, only they believed. Have you not seen in a congregation sometime? You have a congregation, you're preaching the word of God. Some people are soaking it up and some are just despising it. Yeah? I preach... Because I know the Lord will save. He has a sheep. But I preach also because I know that others are being condemned by the word. Because it is a word, Isaiah. Remember Isaiah said the word will accomplish the purpose. Whatever is sent forth, it will accomplish its purpose. So there's a contrast we find in these verses here. Some people would never believe. Others did believe because they were appointed unto eternal life. What are the means that God uses in reprobation? The means of reprobation is hardening. God hardens the hearts of individuals to destroy them or to put them to death. God may actively harden the hearts of individuals to accomplish his purposes. Now, least we question God's justice. Remember that God does not harden the hearts of innocent people. They are not innocent people whose heart is hardening. There are no innocent people. None of us. None of us are innocent. And of course that includes Pharaoh. When God hardened Pharaoh's heart. 
God hardens some sinners and he shows mercy to others. In Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 30. Deuteronomy 2.30 But Sihon king of Heshbon would not let us pass by him for the Lord thy God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate that he might deliver him into thy hand as a parent this day. In Proverbs 21 and 1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he runneth it with whatsoever he will. God is in control. Joshua eleven twenty, For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, and that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. Over and over. I have First Samuel 2.25. Isaiah 6 and 9. A lot of people love to quote the scriptures. Isaiah 6, 9 and 10. And as he said, go and tell this people, hear indeed, but understand not. Uh, see indeed, but see, perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes. Least they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. And there are lots of people wish that these verses of scripture were not in the Bible. But they are there. That was quoted in the New Testament at least five times. God hardens. Jesus at, at one time told his disciples, he says, I speak to you in parables so that they will not understand. Least they see and least they understand. That's why I speak to you. So, these are, God wants some to know and some to trust him and some to live for him. Those are his divinely elected people. And God doesn't want others to know. And who are you or me to question him? The, 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 the clay cannot tell the potter, well, why are you doing me this? Why have you made me like this? No, the clay cannot do that. No wonder Romans 9, 18, therefore... Hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardeneth. The result of reprobation is eternal death for sinners. God will destroy the non-elect. As you see, Matthew 15 and 13, it says, Every plant that my father, my heavenly father had not planted shall be rooted up. Every plant that he has not planted. In Matthew 25, then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me. Depart from me, you're cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. In the book of Proverbs, again, the Lord had made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Romans 9.22 What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath, fitted to destruction. Second Peter 2.12 But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Those people who crept in unawares, according to Jude, they were before of old ordained unto the, the, that kind of condemnation. But what is the purpose of reprobation? Have we ever given thought to that? What is the purpose of reprobation? The purpose of reprobation is glory for God's justice and mercy. God's glory. 
That is the bottom line. It is for God's glory. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering, the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. None of us deserve anything good at the hand of God. Beloved brethren, in the book of Revelation, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. This doctrine of reprobation. When I was flying from Trinidad to come up to the States, on the second leg of my journey, where I took a plane from uh, Miami to get to Charlotte. I sat down there and I was thinking, you know, and I thought, I say, I, I'm going to preach on reprobation, yes, but what should be my purpose in that? You know, every time you preach a message, there should be a purpose behind it. And I thought to myself, I say, all I can see in reprobation is God's glory out of it. I, I do not see God's anger only at sin, but I see God's glory coming out of it. And how we, those of us who are born again, need to truly give God all the glory for every aspect, everything in our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything we are supposed to give God thanks and worship Him for. Because we could have been in those whom he had passed over. But for reason known only unto him, he saved us. Reprobated sinners, they receive exactly what they deserve. Reprobation then is God's eternal purpose to treat some sinners exactly as they deserve. There will not be a man in hell simply because he was not elect. Every sinner in hell will have to say, Lord, I am here because of my sin. I am here because of my sin. Who hardened Pharaoh's heart? Pharaoh or God? Now, God is the ultimate cause for hardening Pharaoh's heart, but Pharaoh is also the cause. If you read there in Exodus, you will see that Pharaoh had his part in several times hardening his own heart. As we too. God's hardening of, his, of Pharaoh's heart was really his sovereign decision to give Pharaoh up to his own wickedness and not to introduce any saving change into it. That decision was entirely sovereign, but it did not cause Pharaoh's hardness. That was entirely natural to Pharaoh. And when God condemned him, he was entirely just in doing so, for he punished him for his own Willful disobedience. Does this make God unfair to some? Certainly not. This decree finds the entire human race fallen. None can justifiably lay claim to God's grace. That some are saved is purely an act of mercy by the omnipotent God. Reprobates only get their just due by taking themselves to hell. 
The scripture is the only support we need to establish this doctrine of reprobation. Whether we want to believe it, yes or no. Whether we like it, yes or no. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. That the man of God, the child of God, would be perfect or complete. Truly finished finish unto all good works. And whatever there is in the word of God. And today, today we are living in trying times. When it comes to the word of God, we are living in trying times. Because there are so many weird versions out there. And so much confusion is coming because of these things. And I... Now, I am not a fanatic about the King James Version, but I believe that is the Bible that God used for me to be saved with. That is the Bible that God opened my eyes onto some, to some beautiful truths in the Word of God. And that is the Bible I will recommend to anyone. But we today must accept the Word of God for whatever it is. And know that if we believe in such a doctrine... History teaches us that doctrine also, not just the word of God. And there are many, many famous men we can read about who believe these things and teach these things. And the grace of God, the mercy of God, his goodness to undeserved sinners, his elect, all of these are seen in this doctrine. And for that, we must praise God. We must give God the glory because while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us anything. But it's purely out of love. When I consider what Jesus did for me, my mind is buggered at times. But to end the sermon... The fact that there are reprobates reveals that there are God's elect out there also. I want to challenge each one of us to go with the word of hope. Go with the word of truth, knowing that the means of their being effectually called is through the word of God. Not you or not me. I have a preacher friend, a good preacher friend, who believes that people can only be saved under Baptist preaching. I, I think that is going overboard. You know, that elevates the preacher too much. The preacher, in my opinion, us preachers need to be down there. There's no such thing as a, a, a clergy and a laity where I'm concerned. We're all one. So, may we be challenged to go with the word. And even though we believe in reprobation, and we believe in election, let us go with the word, the message that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And go with that word. And we are not going to tell people just because we want them to come to our church. When a soul is saved, heaven rejoices. They may not get into the, the, the church, but they'll be within our family. They will be within the kingdom. Again, we go back to that day. <laughs> But I trust in the Lord's grace that you would be, you, you would be, uh, you would be more kind of heedful that there is such a doctrine, 
And that because there is such a doctrine, we must preach the full counsel of God. And sometimes you don't have to tell people that when you're witnessing to them. Later on, you teach them the heavy things, you know. But you make disciples first. After you make disciples, you get them baptized. Then you teach them the things that the Lord has given to us. So I trust by the Lord's grace that your hearts have been blessed a little bit and that you would grow in grace, grow in knowledge, and that we give God all the glory in every aspect of our daily living. We give God all the glory. God bless you. Let us look to the Lord and pray. Our Father, we thank you, God, for your word. I know it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by thy spirit, said the Lord of hosts. And I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, to bless your people, O God, to keep them close to you. I pray, God, for this church, Lord, you know, they were without a pastor, Lord, that you would, God, in your mercies, that you would find someone, send someone, Lord. There must be someone who needs to come to Macedonia here, Lord. I pray, God and Father, Lord, your will be done in the lives of your people. Until then, O God, I pray, God, for those in leadership position, Lord, that you would help them, O God, to do everything that's possible, O God, that your work would continue by your grace and that you would always receive honor and glory through this church, Lord. I pray, God, for journey in mercies as I travel, Lord. All things are in your hands, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.